life where I am fired up. Fired up, my friends. And you're going to hear all about it. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I'm the voice and the face of my new little project, Breaking Bread. You can find us at Breaking Bread Oven on Instagram, and you can find me here every Thursday after Allison and right before Nahum's live lunch. We have a lot to talk about today. We have a lot of regrouping to do from last week, but we do have to get back to our essentials. We didn't do them last week. We are going to do them this week. Let's do the fortune cookie first. Because I'm feeling the need for some fortune. Fortunate wisdom, shall we say. Wow, this thing is in like 17 pieces. Hold on one second. Oh, no. (laughs) Guys, for the first time in nine years, I I don't even know what to say, but the fortune cookie is in half. The fortune, I should say. (laughs) I can't even get it out of the wrapper. The fortune. I I can't even read it to you. This is is a fail. I'm going to put it together. I've never seen this before. Half of the fortune in the fortune cookie or of the fortune cookie is fused into the wrapper. So here we go. It is it is better to attempt something great and fail than to attempt to do something to do nothing and succeed. Well, that's true about both my reading of this fortune cookie and today's interview. That is for sure. Let's do the national holidays. Today's national holidays include Wonder Woman Day. Yes. For anybody who had, you know, Wonder Woman dreams, like myself, happy Wonder Woman Day to you. It's also World Bicycle Day. Share the road, folks. It's Banana Split Day. If you're that kind of person who likes their ice cream with fruit, I mean, I don't get you at all, but whatever. Happy day to you. It's Donut Day, folks. Starting tomorrow is Donut Day, which is, of course, celebrated weekly by the Wallach family, but most importantly, in the national holidays. I I mean, I didn't even know this existed. But this weekend, folks, starting tomorrow, is National Horseradish Day. That is correct. It is over a weekend. Shabbos is National Horseradish Day. Most people would say it's every Shabbos. But officially, this weekend, the 4th through the 6th, is National Horseradish Day. Who knew? You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and a lot has taken place since we spoke last week. Last Thursday, in Cedarhurst Park, there was an incredible rally. An incredible rally. It was pulled together in probably about a little more than 72 hours. And the overflowing crowd literally spilled out into every corner of Cedarhurst Park. And it was spearheaded both by the leadership of the Young Israel Woodmere, and a shout out to Rabbi Shalom Axelrod, and by the Simon Wiesenthal Center. The Eastern Director of the the Simon Wiesenthal Center is Michael Cohn. He joins me this morning. And I am very excited to welcome Michael to the show, not just because I want to thank him personally for making last week happen, but I want to talk to Michael, and we will discuss with Michael how to move ahead and make other events like last Thursday happen even more frequently. Michael, good morning. Hi, how are you? And thank you so much for having me on this morning. Absolutely my pleasure. Michael Cohn joins me. He is the Eastern Director of the Simon Wiesenthal Center, a global human rights organization confronting anti-Semitism, hate, and terrorism, training tens of thousands on prejudices, on prejudices, diversity, and tolerance issues, and supporting the state of Israel. Michael, I, I mean, I'm not sure how long you've been with Wiesenthal, but in your tenure at Wiesenthal, how many times have you seen a rise, a quick rise in anti-Semitism, as you have seen in the last two weeks? Well, I think there's a difference in this rise. You know, we saw in 2019 
that people were seriously concerned when you looked at, you know, both around the tri-state area, the amount of swastikas, the amount of, uh, of all kinds of physical things, but not necessarily in, against individual people. And you remember you had the situation against, Jersey, you know, it was a shooting in Jersey City. You had the incident in Muncie um, at the rabbi's house in Hanukkah, at, over Hanukkah with right. the knifing. Oh. Um, you, you, you had rise of Ocean County down in, down in Lakewood in those areas, um, you know, coming and attacking all over social media and at local council meetings. Um, but those were, you know, one shots in a lot of places all at the same time. Um, you didn't see individuals on the street just because they're wearing a yarmulke mm. getting beat in the way Joey Borgen did and other folks are, are that, that's happening right now in that way. So I think one of the reasons that you're seeing our community um, really react in this way is the volume, the, the, uh, the amount of time and proximity to each other, and the fact that it's our neighbors, it's our friends, it's the people we know in our local schools and schools that are we, we're seeing being affected and attacked. And that's not something we're going to stand for. No, that is certainly not something we're going to stand for. And I do want to thank you personally for your um, heroic activism last week and in terms of moving at light speed with Rabbi Axelrod to get last week's rally done. I mean, you must have been proud of the outpouring of support and and the behavior of the crowd that we saw Thursday night. No, absolutely. And, 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 and I, I first and foremost uh, want to join you in, in really saying a big, big thank you and Yeshkov to, to Rabbi Axelrod. Um, you know, you know, we, we really partnered wonderfully, and, and this could not have been done without his extraordinary efforts. So really, uh, you know, uh, we shall recognize uh, his efforts as, as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, this, this, this whole situation was, was put together, as you said earlier, in about, you know, three and a half days. Hmm. And, you know, it, it was a little bit of a risk at first because the last thing you want is to bring out um, – the kind of high-powered elected officials and, and, and community folks and leaders that we need to influence and not have that kind of crowd. Um, but the reality is, is our community showed that where our, where our mindset is, is right now. Uh, official estimates that we had were over 4,000 people yeah. came and that it was the largest gathering ever in the history of that park. And mm-hmm. this is a park that we know has concerts, has other issues all the time. Mm-hmm. So that be the largest um, gathering in that park ever um, you know, and by a lot, right. that shows something. And, you know, one more thing, when you talk about the behavior, you know, a lot of the calls that Rabbi Axelrod and I had to have, um, you know, were on security matters um, with all the security entities in, in, in the Jewish world and also with the Nassau County Police Department who deserve a tremendous, tremendous uh, um, thank you. Um, and you saw we had mounted police. We had the towers. We had um, streets closed off. And in the end, what our community demonstrated was, was that, when we rally and when we do these kinds of things, um, it, it, was, it was there and we're thankful that it protected us. But from what we did, the behavior of, of the folks there um, was fabulous. Right. A hundred percent. And also, Michael, we, 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 must strength, we must stress this point. This is what activism looks like. Activism is not thuggery and gang-like behavior throughout Manhattan. That's not activism. That is hoodlumism, if I can make up a word. That is a, a repre- reprehensible behavior that gets nowhere for any, for whatever your, for whatever your, your beliefs are, for whoever you think you're representing. That's not how to be active. 
behaving properly, showing respect to the police, standing in, in silence for a moment of silence for people who gave their lives for this country before Memorial Day, everything that happened Thursday night at that park, that is activism. Absolutely. And, and you know, one of the things that, you know, is always a concern in our community is, is listen, thank God for many, you know, for many years, um, you know, we, we've all taken comfort in, in, in uh, knowing that, thank God, we live in, in a relatively good situation in the United States. Um, in the history of the Jewish world, it's one of the best situations we've ever had, and we need to uh, show our gratitude to that, which is, you know, why we opened um, with having the, uh, the head of the, the, uh, the Nassau County Police um, do the right. Pledge of Allegiance and things of that nature, recognizing that. But we also got to realize that, you know, at times like this, you know, it, it's, it's not for us to sit on our hands. And, yes, we have great leadership in the Jewish community throughout. But the reality is leadership can only do so much if they're not leading anybody. You have to make sure that when we bring out, you know, and when, and when I see we, I mean the collective we, uh, when, when, when elected officials are brought out, when, when the people that we need to influence are brought out, we need to show them that we cannot be ignored. And, you know, one of the things I heard early on was, well, how many elected officials are going to be there? Because we don't want to hear political speeches. And part of what we had to communicate was, is, no, it's not, you know, they want to come and speak and we want to respect them. But we also want to make sure that when they see over 4,000 people, 4,000 of their voters, of their constituents, coming out and saying, we will not tolerate this anymore and you need to do something now, they see that and they recognize it and they remember it. And that is so critical. The fact that every one of them was commenting about the crowd, about the fact that every one of them was wowing it, the fact that every one of them recognized that they have never seen this kind of outpouring of support and activism before demonstrates exactly where all our heads are at. And that's so critical to us accomplishing next steps. Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But the only thing I would argue, Michael, is that we haven't heard from all of our leadership, have we? We have plenty of Jewish leaders, national Jewish leaders, who are silent. And that's why, in my opinion, you have, number one, the shock by the elected officials who are there. And, the sh and by the way, and the political, the, the he political heavyweights who have not spoken up, who have not said anything either, who, were, who have been silent, it's shameful. That's why the people who, who were there, the political officials, in my opinion, who were there on Thursday were shocked. Because, number one, if our leaders aren't yelling, then, then, then we have no one as followers. We have no one to follow. And so I think that Thursday was such a statement on so many levels. Number one, you have 4,000 people, 4,000 people plus, who were ready, who were at the ready to stand up and say, no, we will not allow this. That's why we all showed up, because you and Rabbi Axelrod led. And that's why Thursday was so important to me, because on a micro level, on a community level, we are standing up and, number one, saying, no, this is not tolerable. But we're also pointing fingers at other leadership who haven't stood up like you and Rabbi Axelrod, who are, I don't know where they are, frankly. But we need more Michael Cones, and we need more Rabbi Axelrod so that we, as followers, can follow you. Well, I'll just say, you know, you know, we all, you know, growing up in, 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 the, in the area, you know, thank, thankfully being surrounded by, by great mentors and great people who have led in, in previous generations that I grew up around, um, 
you know, that's the influences that matter. And right. we need to be able to show our next generation. You know, I look at my children who I made sure we're all there mm-hmm. because they need to see that it is their social responsibility to be active. We cannot assume that things are going to happen. We cannot assume that things all happen behind the scenes. Things happen behind the scenes when you show the kind of power that we showed Thursday night. And we need to continue showing that kind of power. And rest assured, the Simon Wiesnall Center, myself and all of its leadership and, 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 and Rabbi Axelrod, uh, we, this is a first step. We will, not continue, we will not be silent. We will have our voices heard. We will make sure to work respectfully and, and, and with, with, our, with whoever the powers that be need to be to move things in the way that we need to. But you know, w- w- if, it, you know, if there's a need for, for leadership, if there's a need for anything you know, uh, on the spectrum, uh, you know, whether it's the lowest of the low or the highest of the high, um, you know, uh, th- th- there's no ego. There can't be any egos here. Correct. We have to work together. You know, we have to be a part of this. And one of the things that we, lo- we loved is seeing, you know, how often did you see the different parts of the Jewish community mm-hmm. working together on a thing of this nature? I mean, you're talking in the spectrum of having, you know, folks like Hafter and Darche and Halb and Rambam all working together in <laughs> South Shore and others. 100%. And that unity, that unity is what we need to show that we all understand that it doesn't that you know you know unfortunately when 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 you know the old saying goes is when Hitler was looking for Jews he didn't ask you what your political persuasion was or what level of religiosity you were right. you were Jewish and that's all that mattered and we need to make sure that when it comes to fighting anti-Semitism they're attacking us all. Mm. And we all need to be fighting together. So true. So true. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm joined by Michael Cohen. Michael is the Eastern Director of the Simon Wiesenthal Center, global human rights organization confronting anti-Semitism, hate, and terrorism, training tens of thousands on prejudices, diversity, and tolerance issues, and, of course, supporting the state of Israel. Michael's also a regular columnist with the Jewish Standard and the Jewish Link on issues facing the Jewish community, and he serves on the Israeli Consulate Speakers Bureau, the Hadassah Speakers Bureau, and was appointed by New Jersey Governor Murphy as a member of the New Jersey Israel Commission. And as he mentioned, he is the father to six children and the the, the husband to Ilana. Those those roles, by the way, I would argue, and I'm sure he would also, that those are more important than anything else. Because yes, it is true, Michael, you're 100% right. And this point has to be hit home as well, that we need to serve as role models for our children as to what being active and opening your mouth looks like. It's so important, and I think that people become overwhelmed by what they see as the complexity of activism. How do I do it? Where do I start? Is it difficult? Is it, you know, and instead, everyone just needs to take a step back and say, guess what? In 2021, we have figured out how to Zoom absolutely everything. So there has to be a way for me to advocate, both for me as myself as a Jew and my community and the state of Israel without leaving my home because let's be honest michael not everybody wants to go to a rally right they don't so let's let's discuss for a second what advocacy looks like both on an immediate personal level and on a big level and 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 you're entirely right and part of what it is is making sure that we always have next steps and have an ability for individuals when they ask what can i do that we have a good solid productive answer for them Mm -hmm. And, and one, one thing we did at the rally, which Rabbi Axelrod and I had worked on, um, and the Simon Wiesnall Center in Youngest Woodmere um, institutionally, um, we made sure that we announced that night a petition that had very simplistically, we didn't want to get too complicated because you know, people aren't going to read so much. We, it was a question of getting a simple petition saying what the rally's messages were, which is, first of all, 
you know, which is very simple. We are not going to tolerate anti-Semitism, and we expect our leaders in both elected and government office and in corporate America to be there and have our backs. And, you know, the petition has two points. One is strengthening the, the criminal justice legislation to make sure that whether it's law enforcement or our communities have the power and the tools necessary to help combat this. And two, to make sure one of the important points is making sure that we can go to corporate America when it comes to the platforms and social media who you see, especially mm. during COVID, uh. who are instigating, whether it's lone wolves or hate groups, um, who are constantly trying to uh, forward you know, matters of hate, ma- you know, matters of, of trying to attack, and making sure that these kind of messages of hate are taken down and are not allowed to be up there. And anti-Semitism has to be recognized by them as hate. You know, we want to fight racism, bias, and every kind of hate, but anti-Semitism has to be part of that conversation. And, you know, and both of those things are on that petition. Um, I believe as of, as of yesterday, we were already at 7,000 signatures. Amazing. But obviously, but obviously we need to get that number up. So doing a two-minute click on a, on a change.org uh, website to the link that's been sent out through every one of the uh, co-sponsoring institutions and there are 30 or 40 co-sponsoring institutions here. We're not talking about just a few. Right. Um, you know, we need to be keeping those numbers up and showing our elected officials and showing our, 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 our you know, the, the, the kind of places in corporate America that, that we patronize that we're not going to let up. And then we have the tools to say this was not just a rally. Now you have not just 4,000 people coming out to a rally, but 10, 20, 30,000 people signing something saying, we are not standing for it. What are you going to do about it? And come up with ideas on what they can do about it as well. You know, the Simon Wiesendahl Center, for, for instance, uh, you know, right now we work with, with the New York City Council in New York on doing uh, combat hate digital workshops in the New York City public school system. Um, you know, we're doing, I think, 120 or so programs um, since uh, in the last three months and we've done those programs in Hafter. We've done them in, in some other schools in the five towns and schools throughout the region and, and schools in, in throughout, the, throughout the country as well. But it's also making sure that people understand and kids understand, and especially our kids who are, who are you know, as a father of having six kids in the house, knowing the uh, attraction of social media um, and of all these sites and gaming systems, mm. to make sure they're aware that these things are not okay right. and that there are ways to deal with it and that they should report it and they know who to report it to and that they also understand if they want to do such things themselves or bully themselves that people are watching right. and that these things create a social imprint which will follow you the rest of your, of your life and there are consequences to hate. Education, and we have to make is, sure. education is so important. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and we're fighting every day on the education front and the activism front. Because you can't have one without the other. They uh, both have to work simultaneously. Totally agree. Totally agree. Education has always been at the forefront of advocacy and explaining you know, where people are going wrong and how their behaviors and the words that come out of their mouths influence opinion. I mean, you have God knows how many people who have massive followings on Instagram because they're social media influencers or because they're models or because they're spokespeople and they don't realize how what they are saying is inspiring and encouraging hatred. And so when Mark Ruffalo posts an actual apology last week for using such a inappropriate term regarding what was going on in Israel and the conflict, when he takes a moment to apologize, that to me is a huge 
win and a huge push for continued education because by encouraging education and educating people who don't understand what they're doing, we can win this battle. And, and just, just to circle back to the education component, um, a lot of people I know it's been going viral and, and you know, and myself and the Wiesendahl Center are, are engaged in the issue of what happened in Tenafly over the weekend oh, or right before the weekend. Right. Um, you know, for those who don't know, um, there was a fifth grade student, and I know I have a fifth grader in my house. My daughter's in fifth grade. Um, you know, I know what it, what it is to do homework with a fifth with a, with a fifth grader. Um, but a fifth but a fifth grader, uh, not that I can handle the math of a fifth grader. That's beyond <laughs> me, me neither. Already, me but, neither, buddy. <laughs> but uh, thank God, thank God, my wife is there. Um, but uh, a fifth grader was given um, the whole fifth grade was given a character development project. Believe it or not. And they were supposed to find historic figures whose character they, they wanted to emulate or that they thought was recognizable as something uh, altruistic um, and look at their skills and their skills and their character and how they fulfilled their goals. And this, keep in mind, had to be each person they came to present had to be teacher approved. Well, one fifth grader decided to pick Adolf Hitler. Now, first of all, how a teacher allowed for that to continue and approve is beyond my comprehension to begin with. Right. Granted, granted, I do have to give credit to the, to the superintendent who immediately started an investigation um, into the whole matter and the teacher. So we are awaiting and we are in communication with them and we are um, trying to see what's happening with that investigation. And we're in communication with the mayor of Tenafly also uh, trying to see where, where we can be helpful. But this student ended up writing about the amazing organizational skills about Hitler's ability to, you know, so systematically kill six million Jews. Ugh. Now, you'd think it would end there, except we all know what it's like coming on parent-teacher conference nights and having our kids' stuff posted on the school walls. Oh. Well, they decided to post this on the wall alongside the other projects. Now, the only thing I can see as a positive there, always looking for a positive in these situations, is other, uh, other uh, teachers, because there is a 40% Jewish amount of students in that school system, noticed it, and obviously went to the appropriate authorities and reported it immediately, without which we wouldn't even know about this. Mm. So in a way, you know, thank God it got posted so that it would get noticed and we can do what we have to do. Um, but uh, the think that from an educational standpoint, a fifth grader, the teacher, and presumably, you know, I'm assuming, you know, you'd work on a fifth grade project. I know my, my daughter would not be working on a fifth grade project of that sort and complexity without parental assistance, but to think of how many checks there were there. Right. And for everybody to think that this was okay in our society, it just shows you the depths of education that we need to have. Right. A hundred percent. And, you know, with uh, with just a few minutes left, because unfortunately, while I could speak to you for the next hour, we don't have that kind of time, Michael. <laughs> but <laughs> but I want it. But in, in discussing education, because you're discussing it on a fifth grade level, we need to discuss it in terms of college campuses. And I know that from your bio, you're a Brooklyn College grad and I went to Brooklyn College for graduate school and I could not be more disappointed and frankly disgusted by the outpouring of hatred on the CUNY campuses. Now, they're not alone in, in, in their, um, shall we say, environment or atmosphere. It is rampant on, on our college campuses, this anti-Israel, anti, I'm going to use the term anti-Zionism because that's the term they use, but we all know what it is. It's just anti-Semitism. If you hate Israel, you hate Jews. It's just that simple. And I'm, guess what? I'm not a mathematician either, but it's the same thing. Two plus two really does equal four. So let's talk about what is going on on our college campuses and how the Wiesenthal Center is working to combat that. 
So, so first of all, you know, and, and you're 100 percent right. The college situation is one which um, is critical because also, you know, we have to realize that when you have anti-Semitic organizations, um, you know, on campuses teaching, and you see, and you're seeing the organizational things that are happening by Students for Justice in Palestine and other groups. Listen, to their credit, they've learned how to organize well. Oh yeah. And and we need to do, we need to recognize that and realize what we're up against and organize you know, in, in such a sophisticated manner ourselves to be able to push back. You know, the Simon Wiesnall Center does have a, a very effective team um, on the ground on college campuses. Um, you mentioned CUNY, but I'll tell you, we'd be remiss if what we didn't talk about in college campuses is what's happened over the last uh, week and a half or so in Rutgers. Oh, my um, God, crazy! Yeah. You know? and, and, and the thing is, though, this is not a one-shot. And, and first of all, I want to really, um, you, you know, thank... Andrew Gutierrez, who's the head of the Hillel, the Rutger Hillel, um, for you know for them putting out an amazing statement about uh, you know coming after coming after Rutgers and finally putting pen to paper and showing that this is not a one shot at Rutgers. It's over and right. over and over again. Let us remember that before these statements were made here, that just a few weeks ago, well maybe 10, 12 weeks ago during Yom Hashoah, you had the AEPI chapter on campus egged. Right. Okay, this is and, and crickets when you ask the administration about it. Crickets. Right. You know, you don't hear a thing. And then remember also, it was about two years ago or two and a half years ago uh, with COVID, our timelines are all messed up. So you keep on trying to remember how many uh, years it's been. But right. I, I think it's been about two or three years um, when Wiesenthal sat with Andrew and with and with the other leadership on uh, on the college on the uh, on the Rutgers campus. And keep in mind, Rutgers has over six. Thousand Jewish students. I believe it's the largest amount of Jewish students at any college campus in America. They also have the physically largest Hillel building, which is only a few years old. So this is not a school which doesn't understand that there are Jews there. Right. You know. I, you know. I, so you look at that, and you remember that you had a professor um, about three years ago who started posting all kinds of anti-Semitic posts, you know, on his social media websites, on his Facebook websites, and there's a professor with Jewish students in his class which was followed by swastikas being found on campus from his inspiration. Hmm. So what did we do? We ended up saying, you know what, best way when the college, you know, and everybody was trying to talk to the administration and have conversations, and so did we. Finally, you know, I said, and Wiesenthal Center said, enough is enough. We've had enough conversations. Nothing's happening. It's enough. It's a publicly funded college. We are not going to let our taxpayer dollars pay for anti-Semitism. And we, I, we actually, myself and Rabbi Cooper uh, for the Wiesnall Center, have an op-ed in, in the Jewish Link this week entitled exactly that. Um, but what we saw is we end up we have a mobile exhibit, which is a 28-panel exhibit demonstrating the history of the Jewish people to the land of Israel over 3,500 years. And it's a 28-panel specific exhibit, which we co-sponsored and co-did with UNESCO. Now, everybody's probably shaking their heads <laughs> and saying, with UNESCO? Right. Really? <laughs> but the, but but the fact is the Wiesendahl Center is an NGO with the UN and at UNESCO, and we were able to even though we had to go through I don't even know how many times of them attempting to correct and this and that. At the end of the day, if the researchers couldn't oppose it, um, you know we were able to get it through. So we had that um, um, uh, exhibit on display in the new Hillel building throughout the downstairs of the main entrance hall of the Hillel building. We invited every possible elected official in New Jersey government that has a role in funding Rutgers. We had Senate Majority Leader uh, Loretta Weinberg. We had Gary Scher. We had the local assembly people. We had Gordon Johnson. Um, we had so many great elected officials there. 
And we all stood on the Hillel steps, and we invited the administration. And they all said, you know, let's have a grand opening on showing right now how the connection between Israel and the Jewish people, while these professors were saying the exact opposite, and made the administration come, and made them be there. And you can imagine administration not saying a word uh, after posts like that, having to stand there and having all these elected officials say, stand with us right now mm. to a Simon Wiesel Center exhibit opening about the history of the Jewish connection to Israel over 3,500 years. I am sure he'd rather have been in a million other places. <laughs> but it made a statement right. that the elected officials that fund Rutgers will not tolerate it. And if we have to hit them in their pocketbook, well, so be it. And right now we are in negotiations and talking to members of the legislature right now because we're in budget season in New Jersey, and seeing what else can we do now to, right again, use what they're doing now and hit them again. Because at some point, you know, Rutgers, and there are a lot of folks in, in, in my own community and everywhere else who go to Rutgers and love the school, but they have to make sure that our Jewish, that the Jewish um, uh, students in the school feel comfortable, can wear their yarmulke with pride if they so choose, can join an Israel pro-Israel club if they so choose, and can be proud of who they are just like anybody else. A hundred percent. A hundred percent, Michael. So well said. We didn't even get to talk about the uh, the head of diversity uh, at Amazon and his being, uh, shall we say, moved to a different department as a result of his anti-Semitism and his posts. We haven't even gotten to that. We haven't gotten to talk about so many other things. We haven't gotten to plug the Unite for Israel parade in Teaneck this Sunday, and we haven't gotten to my personal favorite, being able to thank Laura Curran, who's the NASA County Executive, who I think is an absolute hero. She is Wonder Woman. On National Wonder Woman Day, Laura Curran is Wonder Woman. I think she's incredible. We haven't gotten to all of those things, but unfortunately, Michael, you and I are out of time. But I, I, I have to tell you, I love the fact that you are just as fired up as I am, because this is enough. And I just want to, you know, I, I think we just, you know, all of us collectively really thank uh, Joseph Borgen and the Borgen family. Absolutely. You know, after that kind of trauma, for them to stand on that stage, to oh. stand there and speak and be there to lead, God bless them. Oh, 100%. By the way, he was he was eloquent, he was articulate, and he was strong. He wasn't standing up there cowering. He was standing up there with his yarmulke on, and he was being so honest, so honest as to his personal vulnerabilities and his personal fears. We need to stand behind the Joey Borgans out there. And you know what was great? Seeing my good friend Jessica Corey, who is the commanding officer oh, of the yeah. NYPD Crimes Task Force, speaking right after him, showing that NYPD has our back, too. And by the you way, know, we have their backs as well. We need to support our police. So, so saying that she was there, um, you know, on this kind of issue. And, you know, she visited him at the hospital that night, too. Wow. So we have, we have a really good friend there. Uh, so I just wanted to give her a quick shout-out, too. A hundred percent. Michael Cohn from the Simon Wiesenthal Center. Again, thank you so much for your time. This has been wonderful. Continued great work on behalf of the Jewish people. Thank you so much for this and for all you do. My pleasure. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and my God, are we out of time. I just want to let everyone know that, of course, the day continues with a full day of programming. There is no weekly update tomorrow, but another prominent community organizer and leader will be on tomorrow morning with Nahum at 8 a.m. That's Karen Organ. She is the Teaneck community activist and one of the organizers of Sunday's Unite for Israel Parade. of Rami Hosar Night Siegel, Matze Shabbos. Matzah host JM Sunday starting at 7 a.m. We're going to fade out. We're going to we're gonna get in as much of the song as we can. With, um, 
Amuna by Lenny Solomon. Let's talk about Jewish pride, folks. That there we are. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. They broke through in '48, paving the way for us all, taking the land. Making a state, freedom was their call. But they knew they were a link in the chain. This was more than just winning a war. They were holding on tight to generations of people who tried countless times before. But the weapon they used to be fun with the fight helped them carry the prayers, the hopes, and the light. Was the fact that they all believed in the cause and learned from their fathers who taught them. Born are ingrained with the values that can never be torn. We have a moon.